Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you will receive alerts when there are new episodes. Go get it. You're in the right place. You checking out? Chip Baker, the success crowd. Conquer all my goals, then I'm living out my dream. Dig deep, go out and get it. Success Chronicles. Compete until it's finished. Success Chronicles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chip Baker coming to you with another episode of the Success Chronicles. And today we are here with Mr. Kelly Brooks, uh, an amazing man that's been blessed and fortunate to achieve some really neat things uh, in his life. And I'm so thankful to have him on this episode of the Success Chronicles. So first off, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Chip. I've been looking forward to it. I, I look forward to just the conversation. Well, let's go. How about that? Let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Well, if you don't mind uh, sharing with the audience your life story and tracking it till now. Yeah, I would love to do that. Well, I'm originally from from Mississippi, Starkville, Mississippi. A lot of people call it Stark Vegas. It's the the home of Mississippi State University Bulldogs. Um, But I happen to be the youngest, youngest of three with, with two older sisters that are 14 and 10 years older than me. And, and it just so happened that they lived in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, one was working and one was going to, to school there. Uh, so I spent a lot of time basically growing up in, in university towns, we'll start with being a, a college town and Tuscaloosa, Alabama being a college town. And earlier on, I just fell in love with, with athletics and sports and college athletics because I just was around it all the time. Um, and also being on a college campus um, was just motivation. And I, and I, I could have easily grown up um, an hour north, south, east, or west and, and not been in that same situa- situation, maybe not as motivated to, mm-hmm. to get to the college campus. Um, but just being there, I, I was motivated to, to be there and to go to school and and all that. So I, I had a lot of motivation. It does something to you. It does. It yeah. does. You, you see things, you, you have a goal to reach for. And, uh, and I did it. You know, I'm, I'm a first generation. Uh, my sisters and I are all first generation uh, college grads in our family. And that's one of the things that, that each of us is, is really, really proud of. Um, so I, I went to college. Um, I got uh, a, a, an undergrad degree in mathematics, and, and people frown like, "Yes, you must be a genius." And I said, "You know what? I got that degree, but I don't do a lot of uh, math uh, that you think of now. You know, I do a whole lot of equations and calculus and, and and physics and all that type of stuff. But what math what math did for me is it taught me how to problem solve." 
Yeah. Um, and I use that problem solving process uh, today, long after getting that math degree throughout my career. Uh, so that's what I love about my, my, my background as far as math and science. Uh, but I, I, I coached as well during my college, my time at, in, at the university. I started coaching women's basketball as an undergrad at 19 years old. And, and that was my salary to pay my way through college. Mm. Um, so I got some early opportunities to, to have responsibilities that, that 19 year olds usually usually don't have. And, and I learned a lot from a, from a great mentor uh, about the game, but just about dealing, dealing with a team, being in a team environment. That gave me an opportunity to move on to the University of Alabama to join the women's basketball staff there at Alabama. And I spent four years there coaching basketball and, and traveled the country, uh, literally traveled, traveled the world and recruited and, and saw a lot of things once again as, as as a young man that you know you see a lot and you go a lot and you're like man this is this is great um have success in the tournament and you feel like man this is just what it is this is how it happens uh but it's not that easy you know a lot of a lot of coaches will tell you you know they get to that final four they may never ever make it back yeah you know? so it's not it's not that easy so i had a chance to have a lot of um Success, coaching. We had good teams. Play against good teams. You know, I coached against uh, some of the greatest teams at the University of Tennessee with Shamika Holtzclaw and, and and some of those great greats that they had during that time. Made a decision to cross over into the administrative world, uh, and it really really changed changed my life. Um, I finished getting my master's there at the University of Alabama in higher education administration with the emphasis in sports administration. So I, I wanted to, to, to grow in that administrative world. Um, and what it, what it allowed me to do was learn the culture of the sports outside of basketball. So I worked in the academic support area mm. in the athletic department at, at the University of Alabama. Uh, so I, I started spending time with football team, baseball team, swimming and diving, track and field, soccer, gymnastics. And the culture of each team is different. Different, yeah. The baseball guys are different than the basketball guys are different than the, the, the track and field girls are different than the softball girls. And, 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 it, and it was amazing to just learn the different cultures. And I used that to, to go on to Xavier University in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I had a chance to oversee the academic support and life skills area there at Xavier University in Cincinnati. And that gave me an opportunity to grow and expand and live in a different place. I'd always lived in the Southeast. And then they, there I am living in the Midwest, cold winters, snow, learning how to drive in the snow, slipping and sliding, walking on the sidewalk uh, in the ice. Uh, so as you can see, you know, each step in my life, in my career has been a journey. I've gained something new. I've learned something new. Um, and living, you know, 10 hours, seven hours, eight hours away from, from everyone else that I knew uh, allowed me and made me grow up uh, even more. Um, 
but what what it what I was able to do also at Xavier was be in a different environment. It's a Division One athletic department, but it's a private university. It's small, you know, with the pearly gates, but sitting right in the middle of the heart of downtown Cincinnati, which is tough. It's a tough place, tough mm-hmm. place there. And and having a chance to just be around uh, young men and young women that a lot of them were from really tough city backgrounds, but because of their their athletic ability and their 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 intellectual ability, had a chance to go to an oasis in the middle of of the tough areas that they mm-hmm. grew up in, and learn and have a break in a lot of cases from from some of the the, the tough difficult situations that were the environments that they that they were from. I had the opportunity to go join what a lot of people in the college athletics business would call the dark side. I joined the NCAA staff. Mm. Their headquarters is in Indianapolis, Indiana. And um, I spent a total of eight years there in two different stints. My first three years there, I, I was in the department called Academic and Membership Affairs which is essentially the rules, education, rules, interpretations, academic eligibility area. I had a chance to learn how to write differently, how to speak differently, uh, how to present in a different different manner, um, how to investigate uh, situations and, and Learn from really some of the, some of the smartest people in the country, and and Chip, and, and I know you've seen this, but really and truly, some of the most intelligent, driven people in this country work in the world of athletics. And yes. Smart enough, they could have been doctors, lawyers, um, what we consider, you know, the, the high-profile and intelligent uh, careers, uh, but they decide to work in athletics because of a passion that they have, because they enjoy the team culture, they enjoy giving to student athletes, giving to athletes. Uh, so I had a chance to learn from individuals that were lawyers and made a lot of money as lawyers, but they just didn't have the excitement and, and the passion for billing people you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars. So they changed over and, and joined the NCA staff as well. I spent three three years there, as I mentioned, um, but then the opportunity to get back closer to home and spend a year in the world of HBCUs in Birmingham, Alabama, at the Southwestern Athletic Conference allowed me the chance to work with institutions that have so much history and so much culture and so much pride but don't have as much of the resources as a lot of the institutions that we see uh, on TV, like you know the National Football National Championship, great game on last night, but very well resourced uh, athletic departments when you speak about LSU and Clemson. But working with schools in the SWAC, you, we're talking about Southern University in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. Mississippi Valley State, University in Mississippi, the home of Jerry Rice, Grambling University, the home of 
so many NFL Hall of Famers yeah, yeah. that you can't count on one on one or two hands. Um, and, and learning, you know, how much pride is there and how much culture and just what HBCUs mean to our history. I spent a year there working in the conference office and I oversaw the daily operations of the office and oversaw the championships for, for football, men's, women's basketball, uh, and baseball. The NCAA started missing me. They recruited me to come back to Indianapolis. Uh, and I think what they, what they decided was, this person has a lot of experience and now what we can do is bring him back in with the perspective and the viewpoint of the HBCUs that are part of our membership. There are um, four historically black colleges and university conferences within the NCAA membership, uh, two of those being at the division one level and two of those being at the division two level. So I, I used my time at the SWAC office to go back to the NCAA um, office, back to the same department. And I think I impacted some change, uh, changed some people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. HBCUs helped to educate our universities on how to do some of the things that the NCAA asked them to do, to do them, do them better. Um, but also during my time, the rest of my time at the NCA, I had spent another five years there. So I had a chance to lead a team of about 40 people. And that was, in my career, a time I appreciated so much because I turned into, I transitioned from being um, just a leader to a servant leader. Mm. I focused on serving my, my staff and helping each member of the team that I work with to get better in whatever way that meant for them, whether that meant being a better administrator, whether that meant preparing themselves to to leave the NCAA staff to go work on a college campus, whether that meant leaving college athletics altogether. Um, that's the, that's what I enjoyed most about about my time there. Um, spent my time there and just had a chance to 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 come back close to home. I live now in, in North Atlanta metro area. I love where where we live. Um, my family has made a home here. My wife is from the South, I'm from the South. Um, and we just decided the, the long winters in Indiana, we had enough of them. We had enough, <laughs> we had enough. So, I, you know, I know that was a, that was a trail of events, um, but I think that, that'll give you and your listeners an idea of my background, where I come from and some of the things that I've done. No, I, I I enjoy that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, truly blessed to achieve some really neat things. Uh, and you said, you know, the magic couple of words there in your last statement, you know, servant leader. And I think it's awesome when we can uh, go through the journey of learning, uh, living and learning, and then transfer those lessons that we've learned through our experiences into servitude you know into serving and uh it's it's no better feeling when when you know that you know you're the the sacrifices that you've made the things that you've gone through are not in vain because now you can help so many you know there are in my opinion three dimensions to to being a leader um 
And many people reached the first and second dimension. Um, so if we think about being a coach, um, the first dimension of being a, a good leader as a coach is having the ability to teach the X's and O's. So if you're a football coach, if you've conquered the first dimension, if you have the ability to teach your players they're the good, the X and O's, the plays, where they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to do it, and the technique, right? The next level is getting beyond being able to teach the X's and O's is being able to motivate your players or motivate your team or motivate your staff, you know, becoming a, a leader that can encourage and, and motivate them and inspire them to go in, above and, and beyond. I do feel like many people reach those two dimensions, but that third one is the one that I feel like people struggle to get and only a select few, few get there. And, and the reason I say that I enjoyed being a servant leader is I felt like I knocked on that, that door and tapped into that area. Not to say that I've conquered it, not to say that I'm, I'm, I'm great at that third dimension, but I think the, the individuals that are really um, extremely great leaders in our world, in our country, in our communities are these individuals that reach that third dimension of serving others. And then when you're, if you're a coach or a leader of individuals, you're, you've got their heart. You know, you've done more than taught them how to do the, the play or the technique. You've done more than motivate them. Now you've got their heart. They have a heart for you and you have a heart for them. They love, they love being with you, around you. They love you as their leader. Um, so that's that, that's that servant leadership, that third dimension that I feel like is the, the, the one that we, are, we as leaders should be striving for. And when I say we as leaders, everyone has the opportunity to lead in an area. So if you have a chance to lead in an area, you need to strive for that third dimension of winning the heart of the people that you're, that you're leading. And it's so true. And then that, that turns it into uh, being transformational. Yes. You know, it's not just a transaction, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's transformational and it truly changes things. And, you know, uh, as you mentioned, you know, you, you left one place with the NCAA to go, you know, to work with the swag, but then you were invited back to go back to the NCAA, <laughs> you know, well, things like that don't happen if you if you haven't done great things you know pe that. people don't refer you uh, if you aren't referable right. you know and so right. um you know i think those things you know bridges don't get burned if you're doing things the right way and you're serving others and you're treating people right and you have the heart you yes. know and and i think even bigger i like to say it this way you know people see the god in you yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, like those, yeah. those traits, those godly traits that, you know, I'm not saying this, but you see this yes. by my actions, you know, you yes. see that I'm, you know, empathetic and kind and, you know, giving service. And, you know, you see all of those by my actions. And, you know, when you can live a life where it's like that, um, not only do you get blessed to achieve amazing things, but, and you impact so many lives in a positive way. Yes. 
and and Chip, that's that's true success. Yeah, significant in, in my, success. That that is true success. It's not about financial wealth. It's not about the material things. It is being in the position to transform lives, to serve others, to improve the lives of others. And when you are in the position to do that over and over and over again, that means you're successful, in my opinion. No matter what your career is, no matter what your job is, um, no matter where you are in, in the world, if that is your consistent, you know, daily, weekly thing that you're doing, you're serving others, you're changing lives, you're making people better, then you're, you're successful because you've gotten in that position to do that for other people. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that's it well and you know the next part what i was going to ask you was your definition of success but you hit on that yeah and and, yeah. and and that's what it's all about i mean i think when you can i don't know yes say things but more so by your actions and how you live show things yes. uh then it, then it really helps yes yes sir um, uh, you know so many people when we reach status are observing us. So there are people with so much status, whether they have a title or, you know, they're, they're an entertainer or an athlete um, or they're a leader of a company, but what are they doing with that, that status? You know, because people are observing them. So like, so how are they living their, living their lives? What are they putting off? What are people observing that they're able to learn and grow from? because there are a lot of eyes on, on those individuals. And that's where uh, I say, you know, those people have, have, have a platform, but many people have a platform in our community that are not, you know, on that level of um, stature with money or, or, or entertainment or title. Um, so, I, I encourage individuals to just know that you're successful if you're in the position and you have a platform where a lot of eyes are on you and you have the ability to influence individuals. Um, and that's where the world of athletics became such an interest, interest to me, um, specifically college athletics. I saw it as an avenue for so many young people to change their lives to learn so much and to change the course of their lives. Um, specifically minority uh, students, minority young men and women, first generation young men and women that have a chance to just change the generational landscape, the generational plane, the platform of their, of their family. Um, and, and that's what I believe college athletics is meant to do beyond all the other hype and hoopla and, and good and bad and a lot of negatives that's out there. At its core, I think college athletics is meant to allow individuals that may not have had the opportunity to go to the university to do that and change their life and change their the trajectory of their family. You know, um, as you as you were talking about that, it gave me chills because I'm I'm a I'm a direct reflection of that. Um, you know, and although 
you know, I'm a fourth generation educator and I had amazing people in my family, but it's nothing better than, um, first off, you having, being blessed with a talent that will allow you to be able to receive quality education. Yes. You know, like you said, that will um, change the trajectory of your life, which will allow you to help your family. You know, there's struggles, you know, single parent mother struggles that you go through, like, you know, a a college degree, you know, like, you know, a college degree. Now you can get a job to make money to help take care of your family, you know? And so just, I mean, something, to that magnitude, but within that process that I just explained, I guess, you know, the, the, the discipline to learn teaches you disciplines, you know? Yeah. And, and, and as you go through those things, you learn so many things through that process that are transferable skills in life. And, you know, those same things that you learn, you know, perseverance, you know, um, time management, uh, you know, people skills, relationships. I mean, that's, that's life. <laughs> it is, you it know, is. that's every, that's everyday life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being a, on a university or college campus is your, um, your, your, your test area, you know, to, to learn um, being young and, and making some making some mistakes, learning from those mistakes, um, because you are out in the real world, but it's not as real as it's gonna be mm-hmm. here very soon. Yeah. Um, and everybody's on the same level. You have a chance to learn from your colleagues um, in a lot of different ways in the classroom, out of the classroom, just about just about life. And, and, and you're right. The, the education that you get on a university campus, not just in the classroom, and I stress that, you get, you get a full, well-rounded education that can never be taken away from you that I feel like gives you a boost to the rest of, rest of your life. That's it. Well, before we get off, if you don't mind sharing with the audience where they can go follow you and check you out and show you some love with all of the amazing things yes. you have going on. Yes. So um, I, I did. I failed to mention that currently I'm working in the consulting world, um, consulting in college athletics, and I started a small consulting group that I've named the Brooks Element. You can go to thebrookselement.com. That's our website. Uh, at Brooks Element, you can find us on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn as well as, as Kelly Brooks. And find out a little bit more about what we're doing in the consulting world um, for college athletics and and even beyond. Um, What we're doing in my focus is professional development for college athletic administrators, for coaches, um, for different groups of individuals that work in athletics and even going beyond. It goes back to what we're talking about, Chip, you know, having a passion for helping others. So are there groups of people out there that are not getting serviced. They're not getting growth opportunities. And that's what I'm, I'm searching for, groups of individuals that are not getting growth opportunities and how can I help them get growth opportunities, get better in the areas that they want to get better in. It, the, the, uh, the saga continues, Chip. That's where I'm at. 
<laughs> that's it. And uh, uh, in the words of uh, Mr. P. Diddy, can't stop, won't stop. That's it. <laughs> take that, take that's that. That's it, that's it. <laughs> well, uh, again, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to interview with the Success Chronicles. Truly enjoyed it. Um, and I know it's going to be so beneficial for those that get an opportunity to check it out. And so I wish you continued success. Chip, thanks for having me. You can have me back at any time. We, we, we can talk for, for more hours and hours and hours on yes, some sir. of the things that, that we know and have an interest in. So welcome me back anytime. And I look forward to the growth of, this, of the Success Chronicles and your future guests. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for checking out this episode. We'll see you next time. God bless. Go get it.